Hello and welcome to Nerd Girl Musings Podcast. My name is Jen and I'm so glad you're here. Today I want to talk about a really personal topic uh, for me, and that is uh, endometriosis. So this is not your typical movie, TV show, book. Um, This is more real life for me. And if you don't care about (laughs) that type of topic, then I'll see you next time. But for for many women, one in ten actually, uh, we suffer from something called endometriosis. And chances are you know someone or maybe you yourself have endometriosis. And it takes on average a decade for a woman to get diagnosed. Um. I I first got my unofficial diagnosis, I think, when I was like 13 or so. So I've been dealing with this for 30 years plus. And I think the only reason why I got my diagnosis early enough is because my mother also had endometriosis. And she recognized the problem pretty quickly. But the array of things that they toss at you and the way that you are treated as a young girl at the time all the way up until just recently can be quite horrifying the way that our our system treats women suffering from endometriosis and I can tell you that There are certain doctors that I have had that have thrown pain medicine at me like it was candy. And it it's effective. It took care of my pain, but it also drugs me up. And then I, you know, you can't function, you can't do anything. The second you stop the medicine, guess what? Pain returns. So there is no cure for endometriosis. There is nothing that you can do to make it go away essentially. And I've had kind of the gamut of of everything. So uh, I've had five or six laparoscopic surgeries. I had something called an endometrial ablation. I've had a total hysterectomy. I've had ovary removals. I've had, um, let's see, I was put on this shot called Lupron, I did that when I was in my 20s. Uh, They did a couple of rounds of it. First time it was pretty successful for me for a few years, and then second time it was less successful. Um, I had a doctor that put me on it again in my 30s, and uh, the shot is, it puts you into menopause. And for me, it just became less effective each time. And... Let's see, what else have I... Oh, recently I was put on something called Orlissa. That was uh, what they tried on me. Um, so I had my, my hysterectomy I had in 2013. And things actually have been going really well. Uh, and silly me, I got it in my head that I beat endometriosis. And I was like, I've got this. Life is good. 
I didn't have any pain for the first time in 20 some years. I was able to do the things I love to do. I was able to be me again. And I didn't have that relentless, always interrupting, showing up at the worst time, doubling you over pain. And it was about two years ago or so that I started to get some different pain. And I would describe it to my doctor and I would say, you know, it feels like there's something on my right side specifically that if I move a certain direction, it feels like I'm tearing my guts out. I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty dramatic. Um, and there were, there were times, especially if I was at work and I would quick scoot up uh, just a certain movement and it would catch my breath, make my eyes tear, and it took like five minutes for me to compose myself. That's how violent and horrific that pain was. And you get brushed off. You get, you know, they treat you like you're a drug seeker. And, and actually, I don't, I don't want a drug unless it's going to make the pain go away without giving me pain meds to make me just be medicated. I, I still want to live a life. And I remember I had one doctor many, 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 many years ago. And he had, he had told me that based on what they saw during one of my surgeries, he said most people would probably just be doubled up in bed and they wouldn't, they wouldn't continue on with, with their life. They would be just homebound. Well, that's not an option for people with endometriosis. They're, you have to still live your life. You still have to go to work. You still have to go do the things that you need to do. You got to mow your lawn, take care of your house, be there for your spouse. You still have life that you need to live. Every now and then, it knocks you down a little bit, and you might need a few hours or a day, but you got to keep going. There's just no, there's not another option. But it, it made me think how many people suffer the way that I have suffered with this through their lives. And so two years ago, when I started having this pain again, um, it took quite a while for my doctor to finally go, okay, well, we'll do something. Let's see, let's see what we can do. And it was go back and do more ultrasounds, go back and do another MRI, go back and do all these things. We don't see anything. We can't tell anything. And I'm like, I can tell you based on my years of experience with this disease, something's going on. And I was referred to, uh, out of all places, a fertility clinic, uh, which was interesting. (coughs) And I sat with the director of this clinic um, and he examined me. We went through my medical history. I told him what was going on and, and he said he was willing to, um, to do my operation and that at this point, the only thing he could think of is to remove my ovaries. So I was like, whatever, take them. I, I mean, they don't serve me any good anyway. Let's, let's go for it. And I knew I'd have to be on hormone replacement therapy afterwards because that's part of the gig. 
but you got to do what you got to do sometimes. I needed my life back. Well, when the surgery was done and he chatted with me and showed me the photos, my ovary had adhered to my colon and to my abdominal wall. So the pain that I would feel when I would make a certain movement and stand up quickly or something like that was the adhesion on the ovary tearing. And that's why it was so painful. So I felt vindicated in some ways. It's like, see, I, I, I told you, <laughs> you know, I know something's going on. And although the ultrasound does not show it, I know my body and I know what I've been through and what's remaining. And the hard thing is that after that surgery, you know, things seemed to go really good. That was exactly a year ago last week, I think it was. And it's been going great. Um, I have zero reaction to my hormone replacement therapy patch, um, which I'm happy about. And... I have to take my calcium, which I forget a lot. Uh, but other than that, it's been going really good until about two months ago. And somehow in the deep recesses of my brain, I, I thought I conquered this endometriosis. And it something, whether that's what it is, um, I, I feel like it is has come roaring back to remind me not so fast. And I started noticing it about two months ago. I would have a, a few hours here and there where an old familiar pain would start to creep up. And it's kind of like a wave. And sometimes the wave lasts days. Sometimes it lasts an hour or two. But... You can feel it coming, and I, I can, it's really hard to describe if, if this isn't something that you have, but I can feel it coming, and I can judge how big this wave is going to be based on how intense that initial, the prelude, if you will, is. And there are days that, I would love nothing more than to just lay in bed, curl up in a ball, and just lay there. But I have to get up, go work out, go to work, do my job, and continue to do my life. But the second I come back home and I can sit, it just crashes over me. And sometimes that means I am doubled up in this intense pain, um, but it's awful. And I can have days where I'm fantastic and feeling amazing, and I can tell that it's coming, and I know it's just a matter of hours. You know, just like yesterday, I was out for dinner with friends, and I could feel it coming. And I knew it was going to hit at some point last night. And it's for the past like 16 hours, I've been just doubled over. But you still have to go on with life. And 
a, uh, not a fun fact, but an interesting fact. One in four women who have endometriosis. So out of our one in 10, one in four of those contemplate suicide. And I can tell you in the middle of one of these extremely painful flares, I get it. I understand because it doesn't, it doesn't feel like there's an end and there's no cure. There's no fix. There's no, there's nothing you can do, but just hang on and, and ride it out. And it's a horrible way to live. But for some of us, this is our reality and it sucks. And, you know, I remember when I was really young, I was probably 15, uh, the first time a doctor wanted to put me on birth control because apparently that's how they wanted to treat it back then. And shockingly, my parents actually agreed to let me use that as treatment. It didn't do squat. It did not help me one iota. And then I remember them saying, the, the sooner you can get pregnant, the better off you'll be because that takes care of it. Once you, once you get pregnant, that'll take care of it. I was 15 years old. Do you think I want to have that discussion right now? And they would sit and tell me about how, you know, the more years that I have this, the more scar tissue there would be, and therefore the, the likelihood that I would ever be able to have kids would go down. And so the sooner the better. And I was like, again, 15. I'm a teenager. And my partner and I, before, so before the endometrial ablation, we had to make a, a family planning decision right then and there. And we hadn't been in a relationship that long. Um, but I had to decide right then and there what I wanted to do because there's no, there's no turning back after that because of the, the procedure itself. You, um, you could never carry uh, a baby to term at that point. And both of us had to go in. We had to talk to the doctor and make this decision. And, you know, at the time, it wasn't a difficult decision to make because I was in my 20s. Um, you know, I, I was pretty sure I didn't want kids. That wasn't something that was in my, really in my purview that, that I thought I, I needed to do. Um, I know that there are women that always feel like I was born to be a mom. That's, you know, that's the path that I want. That wasn't, that wasn't something I ever, I ever envisioned for myself. I didn't take it off the table necessarily, but it wasn't a, it wasn't something that I thought I must do this. So to make that decision, uh, to forego that in hopes of relieving pain, it was a pretty easy decision at that point. And it's still, you know, we've been fine with that decision. Um, I don't think we've, we've regretted that. But when I had my hysterectomy in 2013, it felt more final, I think, than the ablation did. And I went through a period of, of grieving the things that I knew I couldn't have that my body likely never would have wanted or been able to do anyway. 
Um, and that was that. But it felt like I was letting someone down. And I don't know if I felt like I was letting myself down or or what it was, but my my body had failed me in this one area. And, and that was it. It was out of my control. And I think that probably bothered me more than anything else. The, the control was no longer mine. The decision was not mine. And it was just made for me and predetermined. And that's the way that it is. And, you know, it, it impacts people differently. I think um, there are various stages of endometriosis. And you can be stage one or stage four, it doesn't matter. And you can be in unbelievable pain. And I, I want anyone to know that eventually it will get better. But sometimes you got to ride it out. And, you know, this journey seems to never end. Because here I am, you know, what, eight years later. And I'm still having issues. And there are days that I, I don't think I can take it anymore. And it is so hard to stay focused on the present and to ride it out when it is this unbearable, crippling pain. So long story short, for anyone else suffering with endometriosis, I, I literally feel you. I'm right there with you, and we just got to keep hanging on, riding that wave, because it will get better at some point. And that's all I have to say on this for right now. I'm sure I have many more thoughts, but for now, that, that'll do. Take care and be well.